Book Three, Chapter Seven of The World's Desire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Annie Hill. Chapter Seven The Last Fight of Odysseus, Laertes' Son. Now the host of Pharaoh marched forth from on to do battle with the nine bow barbarians and before the host marched the captains came to the wanderer according to the command of pharaoh and placing their hands in his swore to do his bidding on the march and in the battle they brought him the great black bow of eurytus and his keen sword of bronze eurylus's gift and many a sheaf of arrows and his heart rejoiced when he saw the goodly weapon he took the bow and tried it and as he drew the string once again and for the last time it sang shrilly of death to be the captains heard the song of the bow though what it said the wanderer knew alone for to their ears it came but as a faint keen cry like the cry of one who drowns in the water far from the kindly earth but they marvelled much at the wonder and said one to another that this man was no mortal but a god came from the underworld then the wanderer mounted the chariot of bronze that had been made ready for him and gave the word to march all night the host marched swiftly and at daybreak they camped beneath the shelter of a long low hill but at sunrise the wanderer left the host climbed the hill with certain of the captains and looked forth before him was a great pass in the mountains ten furlongs or more in length and through it ran the road the sides of the mountain sloped down to the road and were strewn with rocks split by the sun polished by the sand and covered over with bush that grew sparsely like the hair on the limbs of a man to the left of the mountains lay the river sehor but none might pass between the mountain and the river the wanderer descended from the hill and while the soldiers ate drove swiftly in his chariot to the further end of the pass and looked forth again here the river curved to the left leaving a wide plain and on the plain he saw the host of the nine bow barbarians the mightiest host that ever his eyes had looked upon they were encamped by nations and of each nation there was twenty thousand men and beyond the glittering camp of the barbarians he saw the curved ships of the Achaeans. They were drawn up on the beach of the great river, as many a year ago he had seen them drawn up on the shore that is by Ilios. He looked upon the plain and pass, on the mountain and river, and measured the number of the foe. Then his heart was filled with the lust of battle, and his warlike cunning awoke, for of all leaders he was the most skilled in the craft of battle and he desired that this his last war should be the greatest war of all turning his horse's heads he galloped back to the host of pharaoh and mustered them in battle array it was but a little number as against the number of the barbarians twelve thousand spearmen nine thousand archers two thousand horsemen and three hundred chariots the wanderer passed up and down their ranks, bidding them be of good courage, for this day they should sweep the barbarians from the land. As he spoke, 
a hawk flew down from the right and fell on a heron and slew it in mid-air the host shouted for the hawk is the holy bird of ra and the wanderer too rejoiced in the omen look men he cried the bird of ra has slain the wandering thief from the waters and so shall ye smite the spoilers from the sea then he held counsel with captains and certain trusty men were sent out to the camp of the barbarians and they were charged to give an ill report of the host of pharaoh and to say that such of it as remained awaited the barbarian onset behind the shelter of the hill on the further side of the pass then the wanderer summoned the captains of the archers and bade them hide all their force among the rocks and thorns on either side of the mountain pass and there to wait till he drew the hosts of the foe into the pass and with the archers he set a part of the spearmen but the chariots he hid beneath the shelter of the hill on the hither side of the pass now when the ambush was set and all were gone save the horsemen only his spies came in and told him that the host of the barbarians marched from their camp but that the achaeans marched not but stopped by the river to guard the camp and ships then the wanderer bade the horsemen ride through the pass and stand in the plain beyond and there await the foe but when the hosts of the barbarians charged them they must reel before the charge and at length fly headlong down the pass as though in fear and he himself would lead the flight in his chariot and where he led there they should follow so the horsemen rode through the pass and formed their squadrons on the plain beyond now the foe drew nigh and a glorious sight it was to see the midday sun sparkling on their countless spears of horsemen they had no great number but there were many chariots and swordsmen and spearmen and slingers beyond count they came on by nations and in the centre of the host of each nation sat the king of the nation in a glorious chariot with girls and eunuchs holding fans to fan him with and awnings of silk to hide him from the sun now the wanderer hung back behind the squadrons of horsemen as though in fear but presently he sent messengers bidding the captains of the squadrons to charge the first nation and fight for a while but feebly and when they saw him turn his horses and gallop through the pass to follow after him as though in doubt but in such fashion as to draw the foe upon their heels this the captains of the mercenaries did once they charged and were beaten back then they charged again but the men made as though they feared the onset now the foe came hard after them and the wanderer turned his chariot and fled through the pass followed slowly by the horsemen and when the hosts of the barbarians saw them turn they set up a mighty shout of laughter that rent the skies and charged after them but the wanderer looked back and laughed also now he was through the pass followed by the horsemen and after them swept the hosts of the barbarians like a river that has burst its banks still the wanderer held his hand till the whole pass was choked with the thousands of the foe ay until half of the first of the nations had passed into the narrow plain that lay between the hill and the mouth of the pass 
then driving apace up the hill he stood in his chariot and gave the signal lifting his golden shield on high he flashed it thrice and all the horsemen shouted aloud at the first flash behold from behind every rock and bush of the mountainsides arose the helms of armed men at the second flash there came a rattling sound of shaken quivers and at the third flash of the golden shield the air was darkened with the flight of arrows as the sea-birds on a lonely isle awake at the cry of the sailor and wheel by thousands from their lofty cliffs so that at the third flash of the wanderer's shield the arrows of his hidden host rushed downward on the foe rattling like hail upon the harness for a while they kept their ranks and pressed on over the bodies of those that fell but soon the horses in the chariots maddened with wounds plunged this way and that breaking their companies and trampling the soldiers down now some strove to fly forward and some were fain to fly back and many an empty chariot was dragged this way and that but ever the pitiless rain of shafts poured down and men fell by thousands beneath the gale of death now the mighty host of the nine bows rolled back thinned and shattered towards the plain and now the wanderer cried the word of onset to the horsemen and to the chariots that drew from behind the shelter of the hill and following after him they charged down upon those barbarians who had passed the ambush singing the song of pentar as they charged among those nigh the mouth of the pass was the king of the nation of the libu a great man black and terrible to see the wanderer drew his bow the arrow rushed forth and pierced the king and he fell dead in his chariot then those of his host who passed the ambush turned to fly but the chariot of the wanderer dashed into them and after the chariot came the horsemen and after the horsemen the chariots of pharaoh now all who were left of the broken host rolled back mad with fear while the spearmen of pharaoh galled them as hunters gall a flying bull and the horsemen of pharaoh trampled them beneath their feet red slaughter raged all down the pass helms banners arrow points shone and fell in the stream of the tide of war but at length the stony way was clear save for the dead alone beyond the pass the plain was black with flying men and the fragments of broken nations were mixed together as clay and sand are mixed of the potter where now were the hosts of the nine bow barbarians where now were their glory and their pride the wanderer gathered his footmen and his chariots and set them in array again but the horsemen he sent out to smite the flying nations and wait his coming by the camp for there were mustering those who were left of the nations perchance twenty thousand men and before their ships were ranged the dense ranks of the achaeans shield to shield every man in his place the wanderer led his host slowly across the sandy plain till at length he halted it two bow-shots from the camp of the barbarians the camp was shaped like a bow and the river sehor formed its string and round it was a deep ditch and beyond the ditch a wall of clay moreover within the camp 
and nearer to the shore there was a second ditch and wall and behind it were the beaks of the ships and the host of the aquaiusha even of his own dear people the achaeans there were the old blazons and the spears that had fought below troy town there were the two lions of mycenae the centaur of the son of polypetes son of pirithos there were the swan of lacedaemon and the bull of kings of crete the rose of rhodes the serpent of athens and many another knightly bearing of old friends and kindred dear and now they were the blazons of foemen and the wanderer warred for a strange king and for his own hand beneath the wings of the hawk of the legion of ra the wanderer sent heralds forth calling to those barbarians who swarmed behind the wall to surrender to the host of pharaoh but this being entrenched by the river sehor they would in no wise do for they were mad because of their slaughtered thousands and moreover they knew that it is better to die than to live as slaves this they also saw that their host was still as strong as the host of pharaoh which was without the wall and weary with the heat and stress of battle and the toil of marching through the desert sands now the captains of the host of pharaoh came to the wanderer praying him that he would do no more battle on that day because the men were weary and the horses neighed for food and water but he answered them i swore to pharaoh that i would utterly smite the people of the nine bows and drive them down to death so that the coasts of chem may be free of them here i may not camp the host without food or pasture for the horses and if i go back the foe will gather heart and come on and with them the fleet of the achaeans and no more shall we lure them into ambush for therein they have learned a lesson nay get you to your companies i will go up against the camp then they bowed and went for having seen his deeds and his skill and craft in war they held him the first of captains and dared not say him nay so the wanderer divided his host into three parts set it in order of battle and moved up against the camp but he himself went with the centre part against the gate of the camp for here there was an earthen way for chariots if but the great gates might be passed and at a word the threefold host rushed on to the charge but those within the walls shot them with spears and arrows so that many were slain and they were rolled back from the wall as a wave is rolled from the cliff again the wanderer bade them charge on the right and left bearing the dead before them as shields and hurling corpses into the ditch to fill it but he himself hung back a while with the middle army watching how the battle went and waiting till the foe at the gate should be drawn away now the mercenaries of pharaoh forced a passage on the right and thither went many of the barbarians who watched the gate that they might drive them back then the wanderer bade the men take out the poles of chariots and follow him and beat down the gates with the poles this with much toil and loss they did for the archers poured their arrows on the assailants of the gate now at length the gates were down and the wanderer rushed through them with his chariot 
but even as he passed the mercenaries of pharaoh were driven out from the camp on the right and those who led the left attack fled also the soldiers who should have followed the wanderer saw and wavered a little moment and while they wavered the companies of the barbarians poured into the gateway and held it so that none might pass now the wanderer was left alone within the camp and back he might not go but fear came not nigh him nay the joy of battle filled his mighty heart he cast his shield upon the brazen floor of the chariot and cried aloud to the charioteer as he loosened the long grey shafts in his quiver drive on thou charioteer drive on the jackals leave the lion in the toils drive on drive on and win a glorious death for thus should odysseus die so the charioteer praying to his gods lashed the horses with his scourge and they sprang forward madly among the foe and as they rushed the great bow rang and sang the swallow string rung the bow and sung the string and the lean shaft drank the blood of a leader of men again the string sang again the shaft sped forth and a barbarian king fell from his chariot as a driver plunges into the sea and his teeth bit the sand dive deep thou sea thief cried the wanderer thou mayest find treasures there drive on thou charioteer so should lions die while jackals watch now the barbarians looked on the wanderer and were amazed for ever his chariot rushed to and fro across the mustering ground of the camp and ever his grey shafts carried death before them and ever the foeman's arrows fell blunted from his golden harness they looked on him amazed they cried aloud that this was the god of war come down to do battle for Kem, that it was sutek the splendid that it was baal in his strength they fled amain before his glory and his might for the wanderer raged among them like great rameses miamun among the tribes of the kita like monthu the lord of battles and lo they fled before him their knees gave way their hearts were turned to water he drove them as a herdsman drives the yearling calves but now at length a stone from a sling smote the charioteer who directed the chariot and sunk in between his eyes so that he fell down dead from the chariot then the reins flew wide and the horses rushed this way and that having no master and now a spear pierced the heart of the horse on the right so that he fell and the pole of the chariot snapped in two then the barbarians took heart and turned and some of them set on to seize the body of the charioteer and spoil his arms but the wanderer leaped down and bestrode the corpse with shield up and spear aloft now among the press of the barbarians there was a stir as of one thrusting his way through them to the front and above the plumes of their helmets and the tossing of their shields the wanderer saw the golden head unhelmeted of a man taller than the tallest there from the shoulders upward unhelmeted he came and unshielded with no body armour his flesh was fair and white and on it were figures pricked in blue figures of men and horses snakes and sea beasts the skin of a white bear was buckled above his shoulder with a golden clasp 
fashioned in the semblance of a boar his eyes were blue fierce and shining and in his hand he held for a weapon the trunk of a young pine tree in which was hafted a weighty axe head of rough unpolished stone give way he cried give place ye dusky dwarfs and let a man see this champion so the barbarians made a circle about the wanderer and the giant and stood silently to watch a great fight who art thou said the mighty man disdainfully and whence where is thy city and thy parents who begat thee now i will avow that men call me odysseus sacker of cities laertes son a prince of the achaeans said the wanderer and who art thou i pray thee and where is thy native place for city i wot hast thou none then the mighty man swinging his great stone axe in a rhythmic motion began to chant a rude lay and this was the manner of the singing laostragon's men and cimmerians call us born of the land of the sunless winter born of the land of the nightless summer cityless we beneath dark pine boughs by the sea abiding sail o'er the swan's bath wolf am i hight the son of signy son of the werewolf southwards i sailed sailed with the amber sailed with the foam wealth among strange people winning me wave flame winning me war fame winning me women soon i shall slay thee sacker of cities note wave flame is gold with that and with a cry he rushed on the wanderer his great axe swung aloft to fell him at a blow but while the giant had been singing the wanderer had shifted his place a little so that the red blaze of the setting sun was in his face and as the mighty man came on the wanderer lifted up his golden shield and caught the sunlight on it and flashed it full in the giant's eyes so that he was dazzled and could not see to strike then the wanderer smote at his naked right arm and struck it on the joint of the elbow with all his force he smote and the short sword of eurylus bit deep and the arm fell with the axe on the hand grip but so terrible was the stroke that bronze might not abide it and the blade was shattered from the ivory handle didst thou feel aught thou man-eater cried odysseus jeering for he knew from the song of the giant that he was face to face with a wanderer from an evil race that of old had smitten his ships and devoured his men the laestragons of the land of the midnight sun the man-eaters but the giant caught up his club of pine tree in his left hand the severed right arm still clinging to it and he gnawed on the handle of the stone axe with his teeth and bit the very stone and his lips foamed for a fury came upon him roaring aloud suddenly he smote at the wanderer's head and beat down his shield and crushed his golden helm so that he fell on one knee and all was darkness around him but his hands lit on a great stone for the place where they fought was the holy place of an ancient temple old and ruined before king mena's day 
he grasped the stone with both hands it was the basalt head of a fallen statue of a god or man of a king long nameless or of a forgotten god with a mighty strain the wanderer lifted it as he rose it was a weight of a chariot's burden and poising it he hurled it straight at the breast of the laestragon who had drawn back whirling his axe before he smote another blow but ere ever the stroke fell the huge stone struck him full and broke in his breastbone and he staggered long and fell like a tree and the black blood came up through his bearded lips and his life left him then the multitude of the barbarians that stood gazing at the fray drew yet further back in fear and the wanderer laughed like a god at the old score paid and at the last great stroke of the hands of the city sacker odysseus End of chapter seven